La pendule fait tic-tac, tic-tic. Les oiseaux du lac, pic-pac, pic-pic. Glou-glou-glou font tous les dindons. Et la jolie cloche, ding-ding-dong. Mais boum, quand notre cœur fait boum. Tout avec lui dit boum. Et c'est l'amour qui s'éveille. Rugby friends and welcome to a new edition of the French Rugby Connections podcast with moi, Véronique Lindieu, all the way from Surrey in, in Petite Angleterre and, oh, oh, Grande Angleterre, may I say, Great Britain, and my lovely co-host, Tom Dixon. In Toulouse, bonsoir, bonjour, and good morning, everyone. Yes, Toulouse, obviously very well known for its soule, and I believe there is a Really good rugby team as well <laughs> playing there. <laughs> There are several. You can include Blagnac and Colomier. Oh, <laughs> oh, you are very. What's the word I'm looking for? Not grateful, but you are very minded, eclectic, a bit of a tart, magnanimous. Oh, you're very kind. Yes. <laughs> yeah, if you can use that. Yes, I do. I am. I am respectful of the big team and also the little teams. Exactly, because you know all our blue all started playing in. Grassroots rugby club. So, yes, they, we owe them a lot. Indeed. It is quite fun to go to Colomier, our local Pro Day Dirt team, and they have up to about three or four thousand people on a Friday night. And they let in children for free. So, the adults tend to behave themselves a bit better, which, when you compare and contrast with the mighty Stade Toulouse with all the Galacticos players, the audience are richer and for a bigger night out and demand their full enjoyment. It's a, it's a very different atmosphere. So the two work well. It's not yeah. one or t'other. It's both. Yeah. Hey, let's talk about the match last week game when Les Bleus played against the men in green. Ah. ah, yeah, no miracle happened. I was hoping... You know, I was praying very hard, doing my Celtic dance, <laughs> not for the Irish, but for the French, under the rain, like a good witch. The Bleu would have won their 15 match, but it wasn't meant to happen. But congratulations for the Irish. So what do you make about that game? Do you have some interesting stats for us? <laughs> yeah, well, first of all, forget the stats. It was the best 40 minutes of rugby, the first half. Well, we're a real privilege to watch it. It It doesn't matter that France didn't win. Ireland were outstanding. They were just so closely knit right from the word go. They were an absolute model of a rugby team. And France were brilliant as well, especially the first half, but also the second half was very good. It was one of the best rugby matches that we've seen in in over a decade, I'd suspect. Certainly to see the Irish at that level was amazing. Do you think the same? Oh, the first half was out of this world. It was magnificent. I have to say, I thoroughly enjoyed the the, um, the try from Damien Penaud. That was a, <laughs> a thing of beauty. And, and it was so, such a fast rugby as well, you know, from start to finish. They really, really, really wanted. But yeah, so what did you think about the style of play of the French and the Irish? I felt the Irish, you know, obviously being managed by... Mr. Farrell Sr. Yeah, very much. He's clinical, you know, very, yeah, very precise, very consistent. They had a game plan. Yes, it's it's a different level from the French. So tell me more about Les Bleus, because there's been a few... A few question marks, a little bit of controversy. What kind of play 
What kind of game were they playing? Uh, is it because the rules of the rocking has changed since November as well? I, well, the, the the thing that keeps on getting repeated, and you've mentioned it, is the speed of the game and how much rugby there was. And last week, the labeler uh, had ball in playtime of 36 minutes, and this week it was 46 minutes, so 33% more. That, which is a massive number. The equivalent figure for the England-Italy game was 37 minutes. So Ireland, uh, Ireland forced the pace. They, yes. they have really shown how the way to beat Les Bleus is to exhaust everyone. And their, their level of fitness was amazing. But also, they're just a really well-formed group that knew what each other were doing. They played fantastically well as a team from the outset which is because they play together as a team all the time. And nine um, of them play in Leinster, which is, again, a team managed by Art Lancaster. Of course. So uh, seems to be wrapping 92. Yeah, a little bit of English influence there. Indeed. Yeah, but that's uh, some of their players are absolute world-class. Dollis, you'd suspect, is one of the world's best number eights. Hugo Kinnan was brilliant. Hugo Kinnan made 203 metres. Now, last week, Ange Capiozzo, who we think is brilliant and always running, went ahead. He made 114. So, mm-hmm. Pete Hugo Kennan made 203 meters. So, that's mm-hmm. uh, Capiozzo times two almost. And Dolly right. made 115. So, mm-hmm. the fitness, the competitive advantage. Minutes played, I don't. <laughs> It's indicative, but minutes played was how how much the ball is in play during the eighty minutes of a game, mm-hmm. and as opposed to stoppages. So it it brings a level. It's an indicator of exhaustion and the pace which the game is played because it's very fast pace. The match. The other minutes played is how many minutes each player has been on the field this season. Okay, from and September last year, then. Yes, mm-hmm. and that is an indicator of exhaustion because at the end of the match, I think many people had pointed out that the French forwards, and especially including Monsieur Dupont, were appearing to be exhausted. And it was very important because the Galtier had gone for a 6-2 split on the bench, so there was no plan B. What do you uh, mean 6-2? Can you explain you know, what that situation for people who are not quite used to? Certainly. When, when the training staff pick a team, mm-hmm. they have the 15 that start the match and they pick eight finishers. And of those finishers, you can pick so many forwards and then eight minus that number as, as backs. And Galtier picks six forwards and two backs. Right. So quite an aggressively out there way of doing things because it leaves you with very little backup mm-hmm. if one of your backs goes off injured or gets exhausted. And that's what I'm saying is that given how the pace at which the Irish played the game, and France had no answer for that, they had to let them, you know, the island dictated the pace of the game, there was no backup for, for the backs. It so happens in France, there's a habit of having players that can play on the wing or mm-hmm. full back or step in to be fly half. So there's they were playing to one of their advantages. But even so, poor Antoine Dupont was very too tired at the end even to give to give an interview at the press conference. Yes. 
Yes, yeah. Um, Super Dupont, what is he made of? Was he born in, on a different planet? <laughs> is he an extraterrestrial? I mean, everybody remembers that that image when he was holding on an Irish player. I forgot the, the name of the Irish player. Oh, the tackle uh, is wrestling. Yes, absolutely yeah. gobsmackingly brilliant. The exactly, exactly. Hand. This is out of this world, you know. Not, I've, I've never yeah. seen that because if you look at the player, it's not, it's not that it's really strong, but it's not tall. It's for I think probably five foot seven, maybe just about, which is very small for a rugby player. But what a strength! Yes, he wrestled Hansen and just held him up. That was in the 37th minute, just to show you how how exciting the first half was. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, So it was extraordinary. Just just rewind and let's remind our listeners, Ireland scored four tries, three of them in the first half. They had three tries refused, held up over the line. And they had once, when they were over the line, about to drop down, and the guy dropped the ball. So Ireland were not far off eight tries in the match. France scored one that was beautiful, but absolutely outclassed on the scoreboard. In actual fact, at the end of the first half, it was 22-16 to Ireland, so less than a score in it. France France were in the match, but yeah, breathtaking, breathtaking and a real privilege to be able to watch a game like that. Yes. I have some stats for you. Yes. So I'm going to ask you a question. How many tackles do you think that the French team? Oh, I can't. I can't tell you that. They were working hard, and some of them. Must yes. Have, uh, yes. Twenty people like uh, Thibaut Flamand must have tackled uh, fifteen, twenty times. He was uh, amazing. I, I generally don't know. Okay, two hundred seven, two hundred seventy-one tackles, twenty-three missed. So the success rate was ninety-two percent. That's good. Ireland only, only did 186 tackles for 38 that were not successful. So really, they fought hard on nails, the the, the Bleus. On the penalty counts, bravo les Bleus. They were much, much better than last week when they played against Italy, when they unusually suffered 18 penalties. This time it was only seven. So similar to to Ireland, that beautiful try that I was talking about earlier, but Damien, Damien Penault, he beat 11 players to get into the wash. Do you say the whitewash? Over the whitewash. Yes, over the whitewash, yeah, to try this goal. Yes. It um, wasn't just him. He did give the ball away to a colleague for a little while. Of course, but, yeah. yeah. Tabo Flimon. You were not that far away. When Thibaut said... Flamand, not Tableau Flimon. <laughs> oh, well, it's, it's quite late. I had a long week. That's why I'm on holiday now. Thibaut Flamand was successful in doing 28 tackles. Good grief. Yes, Julien Marchand, 23. Charles Olivon, 22. Anthony Chelonge. So, uh, no surprise that they were absolutely shattered. I've got a good stat. <laughs> This is borrowed from Dan Mooney on Twitter. Right. Terrifying stat about France. They scored 19 points despite only spending 57 seconds in the Irish 22 in the whole match. 19 points for being in the 22 so little. That's terrifying about France's attack. And a terrifying stat about Ireland, they kept France out of their 22 
for 79 minutes and three seconds. <laughs> so you're saying their defense was nearly impenetrable. It, impenetrable. Yeah, that's exactly impenetrable. what I'm Impenetrable. <laughs> you see, I say it better in French than in English. You, you heard me. And it's very much, again, you know, that's the Farel legacy. That's the Saracen's legacy. You know, how strong Saracen are. I can see the Irish team. And you had another stat as well? No, that, that was it. Uh, All right. So today, do you know how many days since uh, the French team hasn't lost a match? Ah, it, well, they won the Grand Slam last year. So it's probably about, ooh, probably Six Nations the year before, is it? Don't know. 600. Okay. Not far, not far. It was, actually, it wasn't the Six Nation. But it was when they played against Australia in Brisbane on the 17th of July, 2021. Wow. Yes. And the score was 33-30. So it's about, yeah, it's nearly 582 days, I think, roughly. Oh, 582. And I said 600. I, I yeah. think I win, a, I win a chocolate for that. Yes. And on the on, from the Irish side, Johnny Sexton, yes, another... Another rugby genius, you know, is the second player that has scored the highest point, 550 points, behind Ronan Ogara, who scored 557 points. Let, let, let me go back to the tangent I, I was neatly straddling about the minutes in play. Yes. Because we're, we're pointing out that Antoine Dupont was a bit tired at the end, and the Irish tactics during the match was to exhaust the French forwards. Let me tell you that this season, up until the beginning of the Six Nations, Antoine Dupont, in all his matches combined, championship, top 14 internationals, has played a total of 1,260 minutes. How many days is that? How many days? It's well, <laughs> 16 minutes in an hour. So, so, so almost one. It's just over 20 hours. 21 hours. 21 wow. hours of hardcore rugby. I'm not surprised he's, he's feeling the, the strain now. Okay. So, who else should we talk about? Jameson Gibson Park, mm -hmm. 506. So, mm -hmm. less than half of Antoine Dupont. Oh, my goodness. And he, pl he plays, does he play for Leicester and for the Irish team? <laughs> I, I believe he's, he's had yeah. some injury problems. This right. Year. Equally, but nonetheless, Conan Murray, also 500 minutes. Versus mm -hmm. Antoine Dupont, 1260. Mm -hmm. And Jack Ram Port Portfolio of England, 847 minutes. Mm -hmm. So it, 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 even if you take Ireland as exceptionally low because of injuries, Antoine Dupont has played 50% more rugby than the English scrum half or yes. the Italian scrum half. And so, of course, it's a bit cream crackered. I... Cream crackered? Never heard that expression before. <laughs> cream crackered? What do you mean by that? It, 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 cream crackered is, is the English for crame. Oh, cream crackered. <laughs> so, uh, it's, yeah, it's exhausted. slang for knackered. All oh, right, okay. Mm -hmm. Every day is a school day on this podcast. Yes, of course, yeah. You learn things, you know, you, I learn things. So, <laughs> so, so no, just to say, I mean, all these things, they matter, but they don't matter. You can say that France's previous game was on a Sunday, so they had a day le a day's less rest than Ireland. Correct. France's previous game involved travelling. And France is this game involved traveling. Yes. So that exhausts them as well. All these bits, they do have an effect and they add up. 
But you can't yes. get away from the fact that they're totally outclassed by a brilliant Ireland who almost who could have scored eight tries, but they kept us all entertained. They kept us all absolutely in awe of the beauty of their game. So there, there are no losers in this game. But to be honest, there really were no losers because you're always expected to lose an away match, and so it doesn't change the world order. If you go, if you go away and you put in a good game, if you beat somebody away, that changes the order. And yes, but let's not forget that in the last three games, you know, France won against the Irish. So I think it was very much payback time from the men in green, especially in Lansdowne. And like you were saying, you know, last week they were in Italy and the match against the Italian was very hardcore as well. You know, it wasn't a walk in a park, definitely not a warm-up game. So I think they got a bit surprised there. And uh, Fabien Gatier really made sure they they were prepared for that game against the the Irish and their training were high tempo this week and they are back to their family because they do need a rest come on <laughs> yeah, no no of course they do you, you often see them as spectators at the club rugby game they're missing that's uh, always very, very pleasant but obviously in the top 14 Toulouse is playing away this weekend so yes. we won't see them So, ah, what's been happening yeah. in the top footing? Last week they had a weekend rest, but this weekend it would be the week uh, 18. Oh, indeed. Week 18. Yes, dear listeners, the top 14 is back. Week two weeks ago was unexpectedly really exciting. This week we have a few close matches. Obviously, the internationals aren't playing. Even the English and Italian internationals aren't playing for Toulouse. They're, they're still with the national teams or they're, they're allowed to rest. And my big game is Toulon against Toulouse, which will be very exciting. Colby, ex-Toulousain, will be on the field. It's a way, it's a bit of a difficult match. Any match at home to Toulon is hell. They're, they're tough, they're resilient, they're forwards just knocking seven bells out of each other. It's it's really good winter rugby. So that's very late on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. The first match, the one to watch, I think is Bayonne against Stade Francais. Oh, um, yes. Bayonne mm-hmm. is my number two favourite team and we mention them a lot in this podcast because they've really been punching above their weight and they're currently sixth in the table. And Stade Francais are second in the table. Correct. Now, Bayonne haven't lost at home this year. Stade Francais are missing a few internationals. They play a bit hot and cold. So for me, that's a really exciting game to watch. I'd put that as a home win. Yes. I'm looking forward to be watching Castres against La Rochelle. Reason <laughs> being is because Castres, we love Castres against a team that doesn't have a big budget, but big balls. <laughs> <laughs> so, excuse my English. <laughs> my, they've got Schutzpad. They have, they, they're really going full for it. So, Castres, Castres, do you remember they were finalists last year where they played against Montpellier? They played absolutely brilliantly last year, but this year they're having a few difficulties. They are ranked right now 11 out of 14. So I think that's going to be good. They're defending their European title. They're still very much in the European competition. Yes. I suspect during the Dublin they might 
not choose to send a very good team to Castra. I agree with you. So I'd say a Castra home victory in that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I one hope thing so. about La Rochelle, so. you'll yes. remember La Rochelle, the very famous and talented trainer, is Mr. Ronan O'Gara. Yes. At the last match, he got pulled up for being naughty to the officials. Again, it's a s- second or third time. It's the sixth time this season Six he times. could have had a ban. What does he say? Does he swear? In, French, in, in the end, he... he was he was let off. He was being aggressive to one of the touchline officials. Oh, was the charge, okay. but he was totally indicated. And uh, it wasn't the fifth all, so he hasn't he hasn't had yet another ban. Not yet, but yeah, he needs to behave. Otherwise, naughty step, yes, will come yeah, <laughs> and sort him out. Yes, so we'll play against Montpellier. Yeah, all the Titans, be... current champion, but a bit boring. It doesn't reach out to me, really. That they'll they'll bang each other to bits. I really hope Montpellier is going to win it because you know we had Philippe Saint André on the postcat <laughs> last year, and they haven't won lately. They are suffering a bit. Yeah, I I wish them well. But you mentioned that the final of last year was Castres against Montpellier. And they're both in the bottom half of the table, which is undignified for the top 14. We'd like them to be there slugging it out. So I hope Montpellier wake up, but we shall see. So yes. what's after that? Racing 92 against Brive. So, again. Well, that should know. be a straightforward. That's pretty much top of the table against bottom of the table. With having Pino Colazzo as the manager, don't forget, they did perform some extraordinary feat when they beat uh, on away games. When Patrick Colazzo took the reign a few weeks ago, I think they had three consecutive successes, but two weeks ago, Brive lost in the last five minutes with a try from Perpignan. And so important an outcome. They're both at the bottom of the table, equal points, struggling to survive. That try in the last few minutes changed everything for them. Yes, with about two months to go. So, yeah, the stakes are very high. Uh, Toulouse, Toulouse, we mentioned about it. Yes, that should be a must-watch. The Sunday evening one at nine o'clock is bordeaux Bergler against Clermont. Mm-hmm. And that's really exciting because of the managers, isn't it? You bet. You bet. Yes. So, let's not forget that the new manager of Clermont is... The ex-manager of Bordeaux-Beleg, his name is, of course, our friend Christophe Urios. Indeed. He, he got shown the door only a few weeks ago. That's right. About two months ago, he was asked to leave and he took it really, really personally because he had, I think, just a few months pre- previously, he, was, he had his contract renewed. Yes. I'm, I'm sure he didn't go empty-handed. Sure, he, he's no. handsomely rewarded. Definitely, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, he had some time to tender his, his wine and his conferences as well. So, yeah, but no, that should be that should be a very, very appetizing, very interesting game to, to watch. So, okay, so tell me about the, the ranking. The ranking we have Toulouse and Stade Francais at the top. Remember, this is the 18th journée, so there are only six games after this. So Toulouse on 58 points will have a semi-final, straight to the semi-finals, unless they manage to lose their advantage over Lyon with 44 points. Mm -hmm. So they've got 14 points 
advantage with six games to go. I think they, they, they must be sitting fairly happily because they started the Dublin with nine points out of a possible ten. So mm-hmm. they surprised themselves, I think. They earned a few bonuses. The, the next patch, hoping to make the playoffs, Lyon, La Rochelle, Racing 92, Bayonne, bordeaux Bergler. The mid midders that could go up or down, Montpellier, Toulon, Clermont. I'm going to stop there, actually, because the ones fighting for the bottom are Brive and Perpignan on 26 points each, then Poe, 32 points, and Castres at 32 points. Mm-hmm. So there's barely a, a game going the wrong way. You could see the big boys down in the bottom. Mm-hmm. So, so it is very exciting. The top 14 is really tight match this season. And even Dublin weekends without the internationals these, this weekend. There's lots to play for, lots of closely close games amongst neighbours on the table. So we're, we're fortunate to have good top 14 for when the Six Nations takes a rest. Definitely. Too is back as well, so I'm really pleased to know that Van is slowly, slowly progressing. Ah, so far they're playing. They're playing away to Mont-de-Marsan oh, the- this weekend. Mont-de-Marsan yeah. a third. They were recently second until last weekend, so that's going to be a tough win. But it would really show them as contenders if they make it. Mm-hmm. They'd be closing the gap on the top lot. The mm-hmm. other close one I'm looking for this weekend fighting for the top flight is Agent Receive Provence. And Provence are, basically have received a new checkbook. So they're a team, almost a new team this year. And they're working their way up. They're in seventh at the moment, very much on an upward trajectory. And Agent should be sitting happy at the top, but they're not that good. They have lost nine matches out of 20 this season. That's almost half. So, so a bit of excitement there as well. Mm, brilliant. And what's the score? What's the, the ranking? Sorry. The ranking is Oyonnax way ahead at the top by 19 points, clear yes. of Agen. Agen, Mont de Marseille, are within two points. Then three points behind on 50, Abiritz and Grenoble. And contending for the playoffs, Aix en Provence, Van. Your team, Never, Bézier, and Aurillac. And then competing at the bottom, Rouen, Montauban, Carcassonne, uh, Soya, Angoulême, and Massy hold at the bottom. So excitement there, a bit of closeness. In both the leagues, have a clear sign of who's winning at the top. But that doesn't get the top 14 the victory and it doesn't get the Pro Day Deux through past the final. So we shall see what we shall see. All Indeed. to play for. Indeed. Un, deux, So, rugby friends, I hope you enjoyed our quick summary of the Six Nations game. It was um, wonderful. <laughs> yes, yes. So, don't worry, Les Bleus. They will be back. <laughs> they can still be champions. Because obviously, England will beat Ireland. No problem at all. 
And next week, it's the Scottish will be in the Stade de France playing against Le. How, what fun that will be. Four o'clock on Sunday afternoon, French time, so three o'clock English time. Oh, that's a good time. We can possibly go out and visit the local Irish pub again. Again? Oh, yes, of course, of course. And uh, by the way, I really like the, the picture of, uh, was it the son, Trevor Brennan's son on your... Yes, previous Daniel Brennan was very nice to see him at his father's pub. As we know, when you go to Brennan's pub, the choice of burgers is either a Josh burger or a Dan burger. Of course, and, of course. Uh, I, I didn't have either this week. Was, yes. Even better than that. But it was nice to see Mr. Dan. And uh, he spoke very highly of the podcast. And he says he always listens to it. Of course. And I believe that his father is going to come up with a new French connection burger as well. A little bit <laughs> of English. <laughs> <laughs> oh, would that be the Tommy Burger, the French FRC Burger? Yeah, we'll talk about that more uh, next next time. So, okay, so have a great weekend, rugby friends, and keep on watching French rugby and listening to French Rugby Connections. Au revoir. Au revoir. Bonsoir. Bonsoir. La pendule fait tic tac tic tic. Les oiseaux du lac pic pac pic pic. Glou 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 font tous les dindons. Et la jolie cloche ding ding dong. Mais boum, quand notre cœur fait boum, tout avec lui dit boum. Et c'est l'amour qui s'éveille.